to episode 34 of the nfp podcast presented by 3d entertainment the nfp podcast is brought to you by sneaky weasel lager and hey y'all southern ice teas the official alcohol sponsor of the show as well our official clothing sponsor wrangler long live cowboys what's up ladies and gentlemen been a week off we're back good to be back with the boys jason davidson's back again we Hit and misses every now and again, but good to have you back, Jason. How are you? Oh, well, thanks, Ketchup Nuts. It's been busy. <laughs> it's been busy, man. Oh. Trying to just keep up. I, I'm, I, I, I hate having to miss them, but uh, yeah, we're getting a busy time here the last couple of weeks, and we're going to get busy coming up here. We got some PBIs, free agencies, uh, pretty much. All over, still a couple moves I think got to be made. Um, Jack Eichel, yep. Uh, scenario, I think some teams are waiting before they they uh, see if they're in on him, and if they're not, then they'll finish off what they want to do. But yeah, see if his good. back's yeah. fucked or not. See if it's if he's uh, true too. Yeah, what they're gonna that do. True too. Yeah, this we get into that. Come out about the Buffalo Sabers on yeah. uh, how they've been handling some of their players. I know, but uh, no comment. No comment from you. Before we get into free agency PBRs, we got a lot of uh, a lot of stuff to talk about. When you take a week off, obviously there's a shit ton of stuff that goes on. So uh, before we get oh, into yeah, it all, thanks. well, no, we all took a week off because we're every two weeks now. Did we? Yeah. So we're every oh, two right. weeks. But you've been gone for like three. You've been gone for like a month. Fuck this guy, Jason. I, I've been I've been taking some heat for taking time <laughs> off or the pod. Everybody wants this every week. I know, I know, and it's. I apologize to everybody, but it's there's a lot goes into it, and there's a lot going on right now, and we'll just do them every second week and keep it entertaining. But you know, we love you. Thanks for the support. It, if they, if we could get a toonie dropped in the in the jukebox for every listen, maybe yeah, there we, we go. Do it every yeah, exactly. Find us some sponsors, and we'll do this motherfucker every week. If it pays the bills, <laughs> yeah, we can do go. this full time. So all you listeners <laughs> yeah. out there, talk to your friends, talk to your companies, line it up that you can sponsor the NFP podcast. And then we'll be here every week. Before we get into it, another guy, Scotty Byrne, here back as usual. How you doing, Scott? Good, guys. Good. Good to be back. Two weeks off. Uh, Jason's case, a month off, but two weeks <laughs> off for us uh, uh, is, is a long time. Uh, yeah, just coming off a solid week of high school rodeoing. Yep. Man, it really felt like we were on the road again. Uh, kids and and packing up and touring around and uh, got to see you in Swift Current. You, you and Logan Cadillac fought the fought the high school finals there, Canadian high school finals. So it was good catching up, man, that high school finals. That's like going back to reunion. Mm-hmm. I've seen more, more dads that I haven't seen in five years. It was great. It was great. Okay. To catch up. I, uh, just in your camp there, Scott, Scott Lockie, Trevor Gump. I haven't seen those guys. In, yeah. Like I'm probably a couple decades. Uh, you oh, know? Yeah. I couldn't believe the trailers when I pulled in to pick you fellas up. I was just yeah. like, holy shit. Was it 300 yeah. some? 300 plus trailers or something they said were parked on the... 
lot. Yeah, probably there was there's over 300 contestants. So oh, yeah, there there would have been a lot of dough sitting around. I know in trailers and motorhomes and whatever else. But oh, it was great weather, hot as fuck. But mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. you know what? It was um, yeah. It's good to see those kids getting out here again and going and having some fun. So meet a lot of my kids. You know, you meet you meet. We all know what it was like. You you, you stretch out and you get to the Canadian high school finals, you, you get to meet a lot of kids from different provinces and it starts, uh, you know, really it's a networking for your rodeo career. Yeah. the road. So legends you know. of Scott Schiffner was there. Daryl Mills yep. was there fucking. Yeah. We had a whole ship. You know, that was the thing. You didn't even know half the people. You didn't get to run into half the people that were there. Ian McKay, uh, <laughs> Jason Keeley. Yeah. There's a full crew from all over the map, but I think the main highlight of the weekend, other than, kids kicking ass and great job to all the Canadian champions was the Perry Gursky cow hooking. Let's fucking hop right into it. Oh my Atlanta. Holy shit. One of the better wrecks I've ever seen all my, of all my time. Fucking that one took, took the game. So, so I don't know. I don't know how many times you guys watch that in slow motion, but when that cow leaves that shoot, she doesn't make her second jump and she is fucking lasered beamed in on Perry Gursky. Yeah. Perry, well, let's just say leaves way too early. Um, <laughs> or too late, she, either way. <laughs> or, well, yeah. yeah, Too early because she had him zoned in, but yeah. too late because it fucking mucked him out against the shoots. Like, wow. Oh, yeah. that, was, that was the best cow hooking I've seen in a long time. Yep. Everybody head to NFP's uh, Instagram, Facebook page, it's on there. I don't know who put that on there, but uh, it's it's up and it's live on there. But oh, I, I was, you know, bullfights. Tanner, Tanner had no problem reposting. <laughs> <laughs> I seen it coming. And ironically, as it was happening. I seen it coming as it was happening, and you know, about about when Perry was like, he probably flew like ten feet. So when he was about like five oh. feet in the air and coming head first back into the bucket shoots, and then he lit. And then I remember looking, and he was like on his kind of hands and knees ish, bleeding already. And that cow just went to stomping on him. And I remember looking, I'm like right in the eyes, like, Perry, no, Perry. <laughs> she, she took off and kept going. But he came back, good for Perry. You got to give him a shout out. I thought he'd be done for the weekend. Yeah. You know, uh, professional judge, been everywhere and done that 28 years. He said that's the first time anything like that's happened to him. You don't expect to get wrecked out as a judge. He uh, got, you know, got taped up got his nose to stop bleeding arm bleeding fucking fuck of a wreck like we we're talking and then uh came back and finished her off so kudos to him he did her live so good uh, yeah and you know what a couple things that cow got logan cadillac the day before so she Big cadillac. cadillac he's not a cadillac, yeah, cadillac. he's not buick it's just cadillac <laughs> <laughs> L-E-C oh, yeah, fuck you, I know what you are You're a too. dick <laughs> What are you talking yeah. No, no, no I'm just yeah. I just wanted to make sure I didn't want our viewers Like um, Tanner's gonna get A hundred calls From some Cadillac, Cadillac dealer Wanting to endorse <laughs> Logan now Yeah So yeah. I'm just Eliminating all right. the work here <laughs> uh, Yeah, anyways uh, But Perry Getting back in there That's not Two more hours of judging That's uh, How about 12 You know, eight more hours Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's crazy. It was show no, did not do the, the 12. Yeah. Got caddy the day before, uh, Perry, you can't feel bad. Those cows seem to muck up more guys than any bulls do bullfighters all over the Canada, yeah, all sure. over the country in Canada have been wiped out by a cow. Uh, so 
just doesn't really happen to a judge like that. And when Caddy gets run over, that's part of the game. <laughs> He's used to getting run over. Perry's not used to getting fucking. Yeah, up. that's right. Yeah, that's the difference of it. But uh, another shout out, Robert Schmidt. Holy fuck. The announcer on, on the weekend at the high school finals. Holy smokes. Would that have been long days for him? And well, I thought he absolutely nailed it. Yeah. How many hours I, do you think? Well, he was at least 12 hours a day in yeah. his job, you know, opening it up and selling it and everything. And, um, I agree a hundred percent Tanner. And then here, the kicker was, um, Saturday, there was kind of a mess up. They decided to go with uh, average on three days instead of a short go. So everybody kind of had it in their mind that the short go would be a little bit shorter of a day, you know, everybody could get on the road, do whatever due to unforeseen circumstances. They had to have a full performance, uh, on the Saturday as well. And I mean, well, I mean, yeah. he put his time in and, and good for him. He, and it was not cool. Like, I don't mean in, hey, Fonzie cool. I mean, it was 34 <laughs> above. And I imagine it was 104 in that announcer stand. So, yeah, good for him. Nice. And he, you know what? He's a he, sitting around talking to him after. He's a fan of the NFP podcast and a good guy. Likes to have a laugh here and there. So, Well, let's be him. honest with each other. Who isn't? right yeah that's been good i had a lot of good uh feedback kind of everywhere we haven't got to see very people since we even started this with covid and everything that's been happening so now you're getting out and about and getting to these bull ridings and getting to these rodeos and uh, a lot of people are digging it so we appreciate all the kind words and all the support that that we've been getting through it now if it would just pay a little better we'd be fucking just rolling (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no but yeah appreciate everybody on in that sense uh also on the weekend we went to mcgrath alberta to the celebration of the two-bit nation nfp tour stop number three what a great event, uh, Josh and, and Tammy Breeze put on and the whole family and that whole community, man. It's that was such a cool event. I just want to say one thing. Breeze family are like top notch and they're genuine. And we've seen that at the bull riding. They were doing that all for stars. Mm-hmm. Any proceeds went to stars. Um, yeah. t- tied it in with Mouse with Clayton Lakefold. And we had a great interview with Clayton and his dad and his mom and you know what? Give you goosebumps because uh, um, Josh and Tammy putting that money towards stars, stars saved Clayton's life. And I think that's an important thing to drive home that um, they're not just doing it to line their pockets. They're doing it to help everybody in the province or anything, anybody that has anything to do with stars. So cool. I thing. Agree. Really. Cool. What a crowd. What a crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many times we've been there five or six times. That's by far the best crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good to see the support from the, from the local people around there. You know, I think Josh, he, you know, if there's 500 or 5,000, it doesn't matter to Josh. He wants just to have a good time and entertain some clients and customers and, mm-hmm. uh, very well supported. Um, and like you said, Scott, how, how well did they look after us? You know, a couple yep. of meals, yeah, you needed a place to crash. You got it. You know, it's, it's first class, first yep. class, really good people for PBR outstanding bull ride like mm-hmm. there was some awesome bull rides there you know there were some we had it all that night we had great bull rides great bulls we had a couple bullfighters take a hook in <laughs> you know just doing your job that a boy but uh we had all the ele- we had all the elements so it was great yeah no, it was hey, a good time. Man, tune into the cowboy channel i think this week sometime it'll be on yeah check yeah. the listings yeah Saturday, August 21st, 4.30 Eastern. 
Uh, and then it's back again on Sunday and then again on Monday. So uh, the first airing is August 21st. Check in Cowboy Channel Canada. You can watch all the action from the celebration of the two-bit nation NFP tour stop number three. So, yeah, Jared Parsonage takes the title. We won't try to ruin all the rest of it for you. Uh, but, yeah, fucking phenomenal event. Good time. Be, uh, be a good show to watch on on the Cowboy Channel Canada. PBR Canada style. Other than that... Within Canada, I guess, Jason, let's touch on this. This just came out. We're recording this on uh, Tuesday, and PBR Canada just put out a press release that the Canada Finals in Edmonton is set to pay $175,000 in uh, money paid out. Can you touch on that a little bit? How's how's it paying out? How's it all looking? That's got to be huge for, for, that's huge for all the guys, for everybody involved in PBR Canada. That's monstrous. Well, I, th- you know, you make the switch to Rogers place, um, you know, one of the best venues in our country. Um, ironically, we're right on over top of farm fair. So, uh, we think, um, we think we'll really benefit from that crowd. That's somewhat built in that ag crowd. Plus the city crowd, you know, PBR attracts all types of fans. You don't mm-hmm. have to be a Western lifestyle fan to, to want to come to a PBR event. So we, we, uh, we're throwing, uh, we're pushing all the chips in on this. We think it's, it's going to be huge. And we wanted it to, uh, you know, the fan experience and the riders experience to be huge as well. So there's going to be two $50,000 checks held up, you know, um, if, if you do what if you do what Dalen Swearingen does, you're going to walk out of there like he did in 2019 in Saskatoon, when the title, when the average, you're going to come away with around 120 grand. Out yeah. of uh, out of that event, so there'll be a fifty thousand dollar bonus for the national champion, and uh, there'll be a fifty thousand dollar check for the average champion. At Plus, the there's a hundred thousand dollars at the finals. Yeah. Plus a hundred thousand dollars, then spread out to, in four rounds and the sure. average. So it's 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 going to be. Uh, these guys are going to have to make some decisions on managing. You know, everybody's gung ho. We watch young. Uh, Sully um, Ashton get on three bulls in in um, McGrath in uh, McGrath the last weekend. Like, there's a lot of runway left here, pal. You want to you got to stay healthy because I don't think you want to be going into that uh, that finals all sort up. He he ended up getting on five total, did he not? With the yeah, two yeah, short round bulls, Fucking cowboy, yeah. baby. That was pretty wild. Oh, yeah, no, that kid, Mike Lee. I'll tell you what, pay attention <laughs> to that kid. Here we go. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, Pay he's attention to that too. kid. Yep. Yeah, he does not give up till his head hits the ground. Yep. No, he doesn't. So that'll be cool. We'll get the the uh, Canada Cup Series events be kicking off here in, what, two weeks? Uh, yeah, Lethbridge. Lethbridge, first one, August 27, 28. And then uh, really, when do they start hitting? October, right? Every weekend in October, pretty much. We October have 1st, yeah. Cup event. We'll take Turkey it. weekend off. Yep. Yeah, we'll take... We'll all spend Thanksgiving with our family, and then we're going to be the family for the next four weeks straight, including yep. Yorkton. Yep. Good thing awesome. we get along so fucking good. Yeah, yeah there'll be no cussing <laughs> and no FU matches at all. Yeah, okay. oh. we'll have to rip some pods through that through that time. But no, it's cool. Looking forward to that big uh, big season finale for the Canada PBR Canada with those big cup events here. There's no. gonna be so much money paid out. Those guys are gonna be fucking rolling. If you get hot that month and right into the finals, quarter million dollars in in a month. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Quarter million dollars right in Canada. Yeah, yeah that's good. and no entry fees. These guys aren't gonna have to pay their way. Fortunately, you know, 
um, we're, we're basically in Western Canada for the 21 season due to COVID. So they're not investing big money in flights. They can jump in five deep in a truck and go. Mm-hmm. Um, so really yeah. good opportunity for these guys to capitalize and, and make some bank. So are or when, I read that email quick this morning, are tickets available for the finals at Edmonton? Oh, they're on sale. We're yeah, selling. Okay. Every, all of our events are on sale, tracking well. So, uh, okay. you know, which, you know, what's what triggered Blaine and I to have the discussion on what we're going to add in Edmonton. And um, that's where we're at. You know, I think, uh, I, I just think it, it will look really good handing out two big fat $50,000 checks Saturday night, November 13th. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, and then paying yeah. those bullfighters some more too. That'll be great. Glad to hear that that's going on. So yeah, that's perfect. I, I, yeah, you yeah, know what, Tanner? I, I, I put I you guys in for a $50 bump there. <laughs> oh, fuck. So now, so now you're making a hundred a perf. We'll just sit back and drink sneaky weasel loggers. If you're looking for a smooth, <laughs> if you're looking for a smooth, refreshing beer this weekend, grab yourself a Sneaky Weasel Craft Lager. This mildly hopped craft lager delivers a bold 5.6 ABV, but goes down crisp and clean. This beer pairs well with any bull riding celebration, fun in the sun, and good times with friends. This beer is available across all of Western Canada. Sneaky Weasel Lager, the official beer sponsor of the NFP podcast. Boom. Did you guys see the record setting bull ride? Jose mm-hmm. Leme goes 97 and three quarters on Whoopa. Who's got Whoopa? Jason, you picked Whoopa off the start, eh? Of course I did. Of course I did. I don't know. Like, he's going to get rode. They ride the I, shit out of him, but they, they, you know, like, you're going to, he's probably going to win bowl of the year because he's, yeah, he's got whatever there. There's been a lot of people talking about, rights. there's been a lot of people talking about, like, how you know there's been a lot harder rides and, and different shit and you like you you put it against like JB on Bushwhacker how much harder of a ride that was or um different rides over the years that probably maybe could have broke the record but the way that the judging system works the way that the bulls are marked the blow in the air the kick um really the, their judging system was a lot based off of the old bull Mossy Oak mudslinger so in the air um intensity all the different aspects that come into to a bucking bull what they're looking for is exactly whoopa. So, you know, he, he's like a mudslinger on steroids type of thing, right? So to to watch the bull score, then watch Jose sit up there and style him out like he does and then spur him. I don't know how you you can't, you know, the way that the judging system works, he had to blow the record. And I think he should have should have broke it at the finals last year. And then this one was just uh, history in the making there at uh, – Tulsa, Oklahoma. They always seem to set records in Tulsa. So good for Jose, man. Couldn't happen to a better guy. He's going to break every fucking record there is. I think he's already doing that. So uh, look for him to just keep on winning. You know what's going to hurt? Keep on keeping on. You know what's going to hurt the most out of it all is that Jason is going to win this little this little competition we got going on and we're never and we're never and we're never ever going to hear the end of it ever. <laughs> you know that's not true scott i didn't even know what bull i had until no. Tanner reminded me <laughs> at the start I'll, too I'll you didn't even know it. you were when we were picking them you just knew it. that was when jose wrote him the first much, time too much shit going on between hey uh here. little rock speaking of whoopa little rock 1515 which comes up this weekend little rock arkansas the utb event 
Boudreaux Campbell has him again. Boudreaux's matched up with him three times now. Wrote him twice, I think, for over three. 95. Three times he's wrote him. Threw him off once, I think. Maybe. I don't know. I should get the stats on that. But he's been over 95 on him uh, at least twice. So look for that to be a, another big one here this weekend. And Little Rock, Arkansas. Record-setting ride as well. Bronc riding. Dawson Hay goes 95. Did you guys get to see that? Mm-hmm. Did. I did. I did. <laughs> I don't know much about bronc riding, but it looked fucking honky as shit. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll ask Zeke Thurston about it. That's our our guest today. We'll we'll talk to him. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, It's it's the same thing. The the horse industry, the bucking horse industry, you know, our our bull industry has evolved so much in the last, you know, I mean, there was always ranked bucking horses, but I think they've really fine-tuned them things. Those well, things I down. think down south, they've really fine-tuned the buck and horse industry. You know, the Birch brothers come in here the last 20 years and really built up, and everybody, you know. Uh, um, oh, what's a good guy from Tim uh, from Cali? Bridwell? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Like, yeah they you know, there's a guy that takes a, pri- a lot of pride in his horses, and, and you need to with, like, man, we're going to talk about it. The, the talent in the bronc riding right now is probably 40 to 50 guys deep in North America. Yeah. Like, but, but Canada. Fucking Canada. Oh, yeah. Right now. yeah. Yeah. It's unreal. Shit. I remember Rodeon. I'm not going to throw out names though. Like there is there, you know, the top six guys. And then the last forward sneak in with $6,000, you know, yeah. one, but that's not the case anymore. No, no, you got to earn it. You got to earn it. And that's the way it should be. Yep. It's really good to see. These guys are kicking ass. Canada mm. style. Uh, Jason, you missed last time that we were on here. Me and Scott did the intro alone. You were doing free agent stuff within your hockey world. How did uh, how did that all go? We've seen that Bear, uh, Ethan Bear, was traded. More big news. But, but give us a little insight on the whole hockey game and and more specifically your guys and what's been going on on your end i actually had two guys traded bear to carolina um and uh lane peterson lane peterson was was good deal he was in arizona um san jose called me um a day of free agency and just said hey we'd like to do a, a trade and sign so they call ahead of time to make sure that we can have a deal so we did the deal um pretty quickly actually they were real fair and uh i was happy i thought it was a great opportunity for lane and and he said okay if i can make this deal which i was confident they could um it'll be done he called me back in 15 minutes and they traded him so that was good did you see those two trades coming at all i didn't see the i didn't see the i didn't see the peterson trade come but uh on the bear side once they had signed duncan keith and uh, Cody CC was in the mix, and then Tyson Berry coming back. I had a few guys that I know that were kind of keeping me in the loop on the Tyson Berry sweepstakes of where he was going. So I knew if he come back, then it just wasn't adding up. Um, and uh, I actually talked to um, an insider the night before trade deadline started, and and uh, he should have been well in bed when I was texting him. I think it was eleven o'clock our time, Toronto times, one in the and he's like yeah I, I see it coming too and the next morning I got a call from Edmonton and I knew what was up right away so I had prepared Ethan for it I uh and I actually even knew it was likely going to be 
Carolina because they they had Edmonton had a, their eye on that forward there, Warren Fogle. And uh, yeah, Ethan's excited. You know, it worked out really good for Furlan when he left Calgary. Uh, Canadian markets aren't tough or are tough, fellas. Like it's it's not an easy. Uh, these cities aren't easy to play in in Canada. Social media, you got the armchair GMs, the keyboard warrior, whatever you want to call them. I call yep. them scumbags mostly. They are. Well, Scumbag. they should be able to take one off the forehead. They really should for some of the stuff they comment on anymore. And I think social media, that's why I just stay off of it. Ethan's deleted all his accounts for the most part. We, we keep one going just for his social engagement stuff that he's obligated to, but he doesn't even look at it anymore. Um, it's not healthy. It really no. isn't. It's Toronto. Yeah, Toronto, Edmonton. Those markets are fucking tough to play in. Plus oh, you get Vancouver taxed a lot too. More, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, he's he's really excited. I know Michael Furlan had a tremendous experience in Carolina. You're probably going to play for the number one coach, if not top three coaches in the National Hockey League. Uh, is that Rod the Bod? Base. Is that where Rod the Bod That's is? Rod the Bod is, yeah. yeah. Um, and and tremendous fan base. I've been to, I think I went to three games down there. It's freaking electric in there. Like, aside mm-hmm. from, uh, well, Vegas is just on a different level. But, yeah, they're passionate. They're passionate. Um, I'm looking forward to it for them. I'm happy for them. It's going to be a breath of fresh air. So they just fucking, like, lots of people would think that the guys, like, have would have a say in it type of thing or like you're saying that they just phone you and say hey you're going to carolina you know what i mean outsider site you'd think though yeah yeah. you don't even have a clue that's oh that'd be wild just wake up and just okay here we go yeah it's a ruthless business like you know some of these guys have been traded how many times like mike sillinger it's kind of a joke when his kid just got drafted uh in the first round this year in the entry draft Hmm. and Jack taylor Kelly yeah. Taylor had a tweet out. He said they only had to send four jerseys to to the <laughs> cylinder house for the son to put on if he got picked because his dad played for 27 teams. Yeah, he's so, got all the jerseys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good. But yeah. No, it's uh, it's 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 ruthless that way. Like you you have zero say unless you have a no move clause, which most of these kids don't. Unless you're you know in that top one percent like mcdavid or somebody like that you can control your destiny but anyway i'm looking forward to it for him good in other pbr news dalton castle takes the win in sacramento good to see good to see him riding like we know that he can that kid i've seen him in in big sky rides phenomenal if he can ever uh stay healthy i think that was his, his issues the last couple of years was was health wise uh he's definitely a world championship contender such a good guy to uh calm demeanor doesn't give a shit just fucking rides bulls so good to see him back in the winter circle again yeah for sure i mean this is a time of year to be clicking at it eh really yeah. i mean 100 oh, the second half everybody talks about the second half is where when you win world titles so uh if cooper davis has done it jb mooney's done it um you're going to be tough to beat jose again just because he doesn't seem to fall off and and he's i think he broke the record for most 90 point rides already in a season this year so uh he seems to be hot on track for another world title but second halves are, are where world titles are won so good time to get hot and uh, like we're talking with the PBR Canada Cup Series events too. You want to get hot right at this time, rolling into that finals. This is where a lot of money can be won. So 
we'll we'll keep an eye on on who gets to rolling right into that finals and and kicking ass. But good to see Dalton back in the winner's circle. Other than that, uh, we can go to our ad read for Manscaped. <laughs> it's going to be a good one, isn't it? I think it is. Yeah, I haven't read it yet, but it seems like a good one. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the performance package 4.0. <laughs> the orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code NFP20. Not bad. I think it gets better here too. <laughs> ready for an out-of-world experience fellas look no further than the performance package 4.0 from manscape that has just taken off in not only the usa but canada and the uk across europe australia south africa and singapore inside this package you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer crop preserver ball deodorant crop reviver toner performance boxer briefs and a whole travel bag to hold your whole solar system First scheduled for liftoff, the new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. The spaceship is here to guide you on a journey to trim your body, balls, butt, and even your anus. Not bad. Uh, good, good plug. Good plug. This fourth generation trimmer also features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Thanks to their advanced skin safe technology, the Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor. A new multi function on off switch can engage a travel lock and it is even waterproof. Abort Harry Balls and Buzz Lightyear that Woody with Manscaped. Oh, there we go. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code NFP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code NFP20 at manscaped.com for a clean Trinity and beyond. Your space balls will thank you. Holy, I was that salty. What? That uh, is crazy. crazy. Like, I want to I want to shake the motherfuckers' hands and think that. <laughs> like, yeah, they do live. They do. Oh, damn. Oh, I had a good story for you. I was at Medicine Hat at the uh, the Pro Rodeo, not this weekend, but the weekend before, and there was a listener that was pulling gates, and he was talking to me about the podcast and everything. We we're going back and forth and bullshit, and and the last day, this muley that Dakota Butters was getting on mashes me up against the fence while while butters was riding him anyway butters gets off and he's clean to go but had me like half mashed up against the fence and i was like oh fuck this thing so i thought i was just gonna be a be a hero be a big dog and go out to the middle and freestyle bullfight this muley well i get about halfway to the middle and half trip over my own feet and he cuts me off and fucking hooks me in the air runs the length of me and I was like, okay, fuck. So I get embarrassed and I walk back to shoots. I was like, okay, well, he won today. This one, he won the battle today. Uh, <laughs> walk back to shoots and this gate guy uh, that was talking to me about the podcast, he goes, uh, hey, Tanner. I said, what? He said, uh, that'd be one of those no reason hookings you were talking about on the podcast, hey, where you get <laughs> no reason at all. And then, yeah, fuck. That was the exact no reason hooking that we were talking about that you shouldn't do. But yeah, got me, got me. So I had to. 
Well, I, well, I, I really think you should post that. I think you should post that so we can have a look at that and, and really make the point of this is what not not to do in this situation. Yeah, yeah, I could. I think you should throw it out there. Yeah, more embarrassing than anything. You probably never. Well, you know, you know, those. you never had any of those, did you? Zero. Every move <laughs> I made was for a reason. <laughs> oh, that's... oh, I know. Hey, but on that note, I know that feeling when something kind of hurt hurts your pride or just insults you. Just like you, are you fucking kidding me? Yep. And you grit your teeth and you're like, "Fuck you!" I'm gonna break you down, eat you up, yep. and then they just. Bad yep, again. Spank you. Yeah, <laughs> fuck. It's embarrassing. So embarrassing. Because everybody everybody knows what you're going out there to do is just to prove that you can not let this mealy do that to you. Yeah. And then when he then when he whoops you down, you're like, holy, just hang on. I gotta swallow my pride here and walk back to the shoots. Yeah. Yep. You win. You took it, buddy. You, yeah, you win. Good job. Good job. Uh <laughs> upcoming, we got Little Rock. Uh, then some PBRs on the go. Coronation Darren Enos is next Wednesday. Rolling to Stavely to the Glen Keeley Memorial. Bunch of PBR action, bunch of rodeo action. Really busy time for, for everybody on their road. So good luck to Everybody hitting that up. Scott, you guys got anything going on or is that kind of the wrap up for the kids or what do you got rolling next? Uh, kids will start back high school rodeo in the beginning of September, but lots of big jackpots and uh, big rope wins coming up here. So they're going to be busy swinging some loops and hopefully Braden can, you know, we often talk about the mental game um, and Braden as a young rodeo athlete got to experience that this last weekend at the Canadian high school finals. And I think it's something we should kind of talk about is that Braden come off winning the high roller, putting 8,700 in his pocket uh, buckle and scooter and all that great stuff. And um, went to the Canadian high school finals, feeling pretty confident and missed three, you know, flat yeah. out missed three. Um, and I think the first one, you know, it uh, kind of played in his mind. And then the second one was definitely like, Oh my goodness. And then the third one was just like, what the hell? And we had that chat on the way home and it's just about getting back to the practice pen and working through the, the kinks. And um, you know, it's such a mental game. And I, I really, I know this sounds bad as a dad, but I'm glad he got to experience the high and the low early in his career. Cause then it just, trains. Yeah. yeah, it just, it just trains those kids to know that, as fast as it got there, it can go away. And it's up to you. And I always used to say as, as a, as a bullfighting athlete, it's up to you to get through that as quick as you can. And mm -hmm. uh, your mind is a good, bad thing. And um, yep. the mental know, aspect so. on that, I find too, is that you go to a rope like that, where you, where you beat some of the top guys in the world. And then you think, Oh, going back to the high school finals, mm -hmm. fuck it. Easy peasy. Mm -hmm. I'll take this one. Yeah. Like, no, you know, there's no business yeah. behind it. And then, yeah, you throw it in the dirt or miss, and then you start fighting your head and, and you want it too much. And yeah, that's, but it's good to experience, especially like you say, at that age, I know my parents always uh, would tell me, you know, all the time that, you know, that, that every time I was in those situations and would fail or whatever, you know, which happened lots, it was always just like a learning experience for that next level. You know, it's, mm -hmm. you think it's the end of the world at this time, but that's going to help you at that next level. Right. Uh, yeah. to, to, you know, when, when you're in those situations, you know, those, those feelings and know those emotions. And that's, what's training your mind for when you get to the highest level of the sport, I think. So it's good to, as bad as it seems at the time, it's going to be a good life experience for, for the future, for a lot of those kids, I think too. So. Yeah. And I think, I think just using Braden as an example, he, he kind of got a double dose of the, of the check you 
kind of thing. And that was with, he was supposed to fight both of you guys too. Yep. Unfortunately, it pulled a quad muscle. So that was playing on him too, because he was so excited and got to go out there for the first section of cows. And then that happened. And it was kind of one of those injuries where, you know, it didn't look bad, but just couldn't run. Um, yeah. So, you know, he had all that playing on him. And I'm yeah. just, I guess I'm just relating to that because it can happen to anybody at any time. And oh, it's yeah. up to, it's up to you to pull your, you know, pull your fucking socks up and get around it and get going again. So, yeah, for sure. So uh, we'll watch him bounce back and go to kicking some more ass. And uh, speaking of the high school rodeo finals that were going on, there's some really good talent coming up. Lots of good young bull riders that I'm happy or looking forward to seeing go to that next level as they progress. We had uh, uh, the young kid stick it on a few there. Grady rode really yeah. well. He won the finals, uh, won the Canadian high school finals. So looking forward to seeing him. Trinity bear as well. Charlie bears boy. Mm-hmm. He rode really good all weekend. There's yeah. about three or four of them kids that, that really kicked ass. And it's kind of fun to see all in all the different events. I was trying to take it in, but uh, the talent that is upcoming and you're going to see at those, those next levels. Yeah. And I remember going to those high school finals and it's such a, it's the most exciting finals of your young career, really. Um, and to be a part of it and the atmosphere and all the different kids and you bring up Grady Young, you know, as a, as the age that I am now, um, it's, it's, it's crazy to see Grady Young out there. I mean, I was a part of his dad's career the whole time. And it almost looks like Blade out there when he's riding. Too, yeah, you know? yeah, so yeah. everything, there was, that was kind of the theme of the weekend for me was everything's come full circle. All these kids are, here we go. The next gen coming up and uh, yeah. lots of talent out there. So it was, it was so nice to see. So Great to good see. luck to all those kids going down the road now. Our guest today, we're going to get into that here right away. Two-time champ of the world, Zeke Thurston, 3D bull riding athlete, a legend already, and he's about halfway through his career, probably. I don't know. Bronc riders can go a long fucking time, so he's got a lot of a yeah. lot ahead of him. But uh, speaking of full circle coming around, uh, where we've seen Zeke from his acts and then rolling into, we'll talk about it in the pod. But uh, cool to to see where Zeke's at, and uh, looking forward to having a visit with him. Great kid, great family um i mean his dad skeeter his mom linda you know big time involved in rodeo their whole lives and uh you see us talk about the next gen it seems like yesterday he was cracking whips and uh, trick riding and now he's yeah. you know two two-time world champion and just uh it's almost surreal you know to see what he's accomplished already in his in his young career and you said you said it already he's probably not even halfway through his career. So um, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Cool. And and he's, and he's a Canadian. So that's. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Cool. We've rambled on long enough. Thanks to everybody for uh, listening into us and all the kind words, like I've said earlier, but it's always great to hear feedback from, uh, from listeners and uh, letting us know what you think on, on different aspects and the stuff that we talk about. So uh, for those that are wanting merch, I'm getting more hats lined up. So we're sold out right now, but I'm going to get a bunch of that stuff lined out and uh, let you guys know when that comes in. And like I say, we're going to go every, every second week here now. So with everything getting so busy, so we'll look forward to hearing you listening or hope, what the fuck am I trying to say? Look forward to chatting again, <laughs> not this week, but the week after. So uh, without further ado, we'll throw it to our interview with world champion Zeke 
Thurston. Zeke Thurston is the Canadian history maker. Zeke Thurston has got a foot set, and he is fired and wired. You are watching it happen. Oh, my Lord, special delivery. That's a stallion. That's Lucy's dad on a stud horse of the Calgary Stampede. Last man to go, and he had to do it. And he is one point shy of the record high of 95 of Doug Bowles. Yeah, he is 94 points. 94 points. Go back and give me a quick moment of why you chose the horse you did. Well, did you have a game plan that's business, fun, or challenge for all of it? Yeah, I, I like to think it was all of it, but uh, I picked that horse. Uh, he's a really good bareback horse usually, and uh, he hadn't been going this year just because they haven't kicked out on mares. Uh, I knew he'd be fresh, and the few times he has been in the bronc ride, and he's been one ranked dude. Our guest today hails from Big Valley, Alberta, Canada. He's won most everything that you can as a saddle bronc rider, including Houston, the Calgary Stampede three times, the average title at the NFR, and a Canadian champion, Chip. Oh, and he's also a two-time champion of the world, the 3D bow riding athlete, Mr. Zeke Thurston. Zeke, how are we doing today? I'm really good. Yourself? Good, buddy. Good. Where, uh, where do we catch you today? Uh, we're headed uh, headed to Hermiston, Oregon. Uh, we're just in Montana right now, and uh, yeah, we uh, we got a little Northwest run coming up, and then um, actually, kind of the rest of the year, we'll we'll be over here, kind of Washington, Oregon, um, maybe a few in Montana, but yeah, I like this time of year. These are some of my favorite rodeos. This time yeah, of year, you say the rest, yeah, the rest of the year, there ain't much of it left, is there? Another no, month, month, another month, month hard. Half, really? Yeah, not even. Yeah, about a month. I guess the last week in September is uh, there's hardly any rodeos because I don't know, just the way the dates fall. So, yeah, just barely a month left. So with with this season, where are you thinking, Zeke, that you need to come in to be inside the top fifteen? Usually, what you got to have about seventy seventy thousand one to make the NFR. I would say that's what it would take this this year probably somewhere right in there. I don't know. It's kind of hard. This year is going to be the, this is going to be the tightest bubble race. I think that I've ever seen. And that, I don't know, my dad's probably ever, he was talking about like, there's guys from the 45th to the 15th. So like every spots within a thousand, you know, thousand dollars of yeah. each other. Like somebody wins 4,000 and they jump six spots. Like it's, it's crazy. I don't know. I don't, I don't think you're going to want to be a part of the, um, the bottom three holes that you know come last weekend you'll be paying you'll be paying off judges more than you can win at the end <laughs> oh, yeah. it can be a dog fight are you in uh are you in pretty good position on the year both on the canadian side and on the world side or how are you feeling about where you're at this year yeah it's been honestly this has probably been my slowest like year especially drawing like we've drawn pretty poorly this year like our whole rig kind of Dawson had a really hot little streak in the spring mm -hmm. there. He was winning everything. And that was awesome because he needed it. And then, but like over the fourth, like we, we went to, I don't know, 12 rodeos and we got re-rides at eight of them. And 
the, everything else. Like we were talking to guys, they have like six NFR horses drawn over the fourth and we didn't have a single horse we knew. I'm like, geez, where are you guys getting these things? <laughs> it, it was kind of rough there, but we went home for Calgary and it kind of turned around a little bit there. And, and then uh, it's been good after that. We've been drawn better and winning. So it's, that makes it a lot, a lot easier. I've, I won, won about 22,000 in the last 10 days. So that, uh, that helped me a lot. Yeah. Speaking of coming home for Calgary, was that a that wasn't a layup for you to make that decision, was it, Zeke? You were uh, at 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 first you weren't going to come back for the Calgary Stampede. Is that correct? Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't really. I don't know. They sent us. I was really excited when they announced that they're going to have it and and stuff. And then they send us the contract, and you gotta you gotta do all these all the things that you got to do and be in this bubble and you can't, you know, and we've been rodeoing pretty hard and, you know, I hadn't seen my family in five weeks and I was like, well, I don't think I'm going to probably do that. You know, yeah. uh, there's seven or eight rodeos down there in the States, like Colorado Springs, Sheridan, Casper, you know, they, they pay, you know, they're all got 15, 20,000 added. Like you can yeah. win just as much, you know? So I was, I was going to go that route, but they, um, you know, it, it ended up being not as bad as what we thought it was going to be and stuff. So, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, they, they, I understand what they're doing. They had to kind of, you know, jump through some hoops to uh, comply with the government and what, what they wanted them to do. So, but uh, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't as bad as we thought. Got through it. Who's in your truck? Who are you traveling with this year or right now? Maybe me and Dawson Hay, Jake Watson. That's been the last three years, us three. That's your go-to. Not a bad crew. It's a pretty, it's a pretty good crew. Yeah. Um, We have a lot of fun. Uh, um, you know, usually everybody's winning and, and riding good. And uh, so, yeah. Was it a game changer or a season changer for Dawson when he broke the record the other day at the hard grass Bronc match? Or was that just everyday shit for a crew like you guys? Yeah, no, he, he was excited. It, it was a, that was a salty Bronc ride. That was, that was probably the best Bronc ride I've ever been to. And I don't know, I don't know what it is. I don't know if you can emulate that uh, hard grass ever again each like every year, the short round seems like it gets ranker and ranker, but I don't, they're going to have to get horses that don't buck near as hard because I don't know if guys are going to ride them. Anymore. <laughs> yeah. How about the people? I saw some, some pics on Instagram of the people there. Where do they come from, Zeke? Is there yeah. that many ranchers around that area? Where the fuck is Paul? I, I, well, anyway, is that? Well, it's like straight south and east of the Stampede Ranch. Like, I don't know, you're 50 miles to a loaf of bread in any direction. Wow. Like, uh, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's like the Pollockville itself is just a, just a, like the town is just a hall, like a community mm-hmm. hall. And that's all that's there. But I don't know where they come from. Like, some people, you talk to them, they've drove six hours to be there. Some oh, people yeah. live right there. Like, it's, I don't know, it's in the middle of a pasture. It's, it's crazy. Got us. Shout out Alpha Bull. I, I know your story, but lots of people, especially across the US, probably don't know know your story of growing up and as a as a young guy in the sport. But go back even further, generational wise in your family. How'd you get into uh rodeo and you guys have been cowboys forever? But how did it kind of begin for you? Yeah, um, like you said, it's kind of a generational family deal. Um as far as back as I can remember, that's that's all I wanted to do was be a cowboy and be a rodeo cowboy. Um, you know, my dad rode Bronx. Um, uh, as a lot of people know, he had a, he had a pretty su- successful career at it. And um, 
you know, both sides of my family have, have uh, strong rodeo ties and everybody's kind of rodeoed and, and did that whole deal. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I was just like, kind of like any other kid just grew up on the ranch wanting to swear in my dad's old vest and chaps around trying to ride anything I could and wanted to be a bull rider or bronc rider. It's just whatever. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, kind of just kind of started from there. I guess we, you know, rode, tortured the bucket calves and rode sheep and roped the goats and whatever. Oh, and then <laughs> we got a little older and um, then I wanted to, I watched Tide Murray's documentary actually. And he was always doing gymnast, gymnastics. He was flipping around and swinging off bars and stuff. And I, I wanted to be, um, I wanted to be a bull rider like him. And I wanted, so I told my mom I want to take gymnastics because that's what he did. Obviously I watched it on his VHS. That's how I got so good. And so she's like, well, um, maybe you should go hang out with Jerry Deuce Phillips. And so we went down there for a week and we. Maybe you don't go to gymnastics. And apparently we found into trick riders, which is gymnastics <laughs> on horses. Oh, sweet. That's how that came yeah. about. Okay. So that's yeah. how that came about. We went down to Jerry's and we took our horses and, uh, and uh, yeah, we learned to trick ride, which it is. It's just gymnastics on horses. But yeah. Okay. So we back, did back it up here just a bit, Zeke. Did, were you, was there some good epic fails on oh, the back wow. of your horse yeah. when you were learning how to do the trick ride? Oh, yeah. We went down there. We went to Okotoks one afternoon and Jerry probably showed us like two hours worth of stuff. And then uh, like me and Sam, Wyatt didn't even he didn't even go the first time. Like me and Sam were probably eight and nine or something, mm-hmm. maybe even younger, maybe seven and eight. I don't know. But like we went down there, got like one lesson or something and then like went home. And then the next day where we were gathering a bunch of cattle or something and me and Sam were like trying to show off for why we're like hey watch this which we can do and then cruising down the gravel road try to do a vault and didn't, didn't make it up obviously you're in a <laughs> ramp saddle get road crash do a lip stand no no people probably don't know but that evolved into the thurston gang but when you started out just doing gymnastics on horses to be a little more limber was that kind of in the back of your mom's mind to have this act going up and down the road or was that just evolved from that? I don't, yeah. I don't really know that it just kind of happened. Like, I don't think it was in the back of her mind. Like, I don't know. There's, there's really, she was probably just trying to do, you know, what she thought was best. Cause I don't think there's any gymnastics studio very close to big Valley. Kelly Armstrong that, didn't have one. <laughs> no, probably yeah. not. Barney had one probably. <laughs> Yeah, Barney, maybe. <laughs> no, so I don't know. Like, we just, as she was just good friends with Jerry. So we went down there and, and kind of messed around with it. And then, you know, if when we come back, me and Sam were, were doing some of the tricks or things that we'd learned. And then Wyatt, he was like, hey, that's kind of cool. So then he, he went with us the next time. And then I don't know. Somehow he kind of got into the Roman riding side of it. And, and I already knew how to trick rope a little bit. And, and somehow that kind of became my thing. And then I don't know, like my dad, some, I don't know really how it started. Just all of a sudden we we're hired up to do uh, Innisfail. Jack Danes hired us because it's like, you know, hometown rodeo or fairly close anyway. And Jack Danes hired us to do one perf there one year and, and uh, just kind of snowballed from there. Did, did he hire you like did he did he hire you like this? We're gonna have that Thurston gang here this weekend. <laughs> oh yeah, I think I think we did the Sunday performance, and I I think he paid us an equal course or something. I don't know. 
Well, in that big intro from Tanner Byrne, two-time world champion, Canadian champion, Calgary Stampede champion. Tanner, you left out two-time CPRA act of the year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did. Yeah. Holy shit. So how long yeah. did it go for? How long did you guys, like your whole youth pretty much, right? You guys were traveling down the road. Yeah, it was like probably four good years of it. Like, you know, going to a lot of Canadian rodeos and then some, some U S rodeos. And, uh, and then they kind of have like a trick riding, whip cracking, gun twirling, trick roping expo in Claremore, Oklahoma. And, um, so we went down to that a couple times. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know, 2008, we kind of just, I think we were, per, I was in the steer riding. Wyatt might've been in the novice bronc riding. And then I, and we also <clears throat> performed in the trick trick riding at the cfr and that was when we kind of just kind of fizzled out because that was getting to be too much and then why it was getting close to graduating or whatever going off to college and stuff so but no it was fun we did it we did it for a few years and we got to go a lot of places and and meet a lot of people and um make yeah. a few bucks make some make, cash yeah you know, making a thousand bucks a weekend when you're 10 years old that was kind of cool nice and uh, I got to with guys like Scott, see him at the roadie, which I mean, we, we knew Scott from my dad having the board, but we've kind of always just been, you know, I don't know, like me and Sam have really just grown up around rodeo. Like we've just been running around rodeo since we're, you know, five, six years old. I'm probably younger, I guess, but. Yeah, I'd yeah, say you guys are definitely rodeo kids. No <laughs> yeah, question. Yeah, fuck, yeah. <laughs> no doubt. The trick roping, Did you, you said you were doing a little bit of it. Did you take lessons on it, or was that something that you just picked up on your own? Because Yeah, that was your No, stuff. I just like to rope. Yeah, I just like to rope a lot and stuff. And then, uh, I don't know, like, I, know, I think Jerry just gave us an actual trick rope. Like, they're just, they're just straight cotton ropes instead of nylon or whatever. They're not poly ropes. But, so she just gave me a trick rope and then told me to practice with this and that's what i did yeah kind of goes through handiness of like not every like i couldn't do that or lots of rodeo kids even can't do shit like that it goes back to your that cowboy side of things where you can kind of pick up whatever you want and do it and then go and win two world championships at it and shit like that so that's yeah pretty- it wasn't like i just picked it up though like i I had to, I had to practice because, um, like for the Texas skip, you get a cotton rope and then you, it's got to have a weighted Honda, like the eyes weighted so that it stays vertical. Well, it's like a brass weighted Honda. It's kind of heavy. And, uh, I just remember I'd be like in the hayloft or something in the wintertime practicing my Texas skip. And I, I would wear a hockey helmet because that Honda, because if your timing was <laughs> off, your timing was off. Uh, and your spoke come around and then that Honda would hit you in the head like it it hurt and, uh, my dad would be trying yeah my dad would be like I'd be trying to practice or something then I'd quit and then he'd be like why aren't you practicing and like man I keep hitting myself in the head with this freaking two pound Honda like <laughs> so I'd have a, I'd actually have a goalie helmet on over there and be jumping <laughs> my rope. Well, why aren't you practicing because I've been concussed twice yeah, already. Twice come on boys play any hockey growing up yeah, yeah, we did, but we never got real serious into it. Like we all liked it and and played pretty good, and and it was fun. But just yeah, I don't know, kind of our lifestyle, the whole rodeo thing, kind of just took precedence over everything we did, you know. Um, so we we played a little bit and stuff, and then we played lots of fun team and and you know just kind of little weekend type stuff or whatever. But yeah, I I really enjoyed hockey. I just I was so small, 
back then, you know, compared to all the other kids at the time, it just kind of just pushed me around a lot. Well, I think you made the right career move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I wasn't going to make the NHL. Everybody at my age that was uh, playing really good hockey, they were all had 100 pounds on me back then. <laughs> you were smashing yourself in the head with hondus in the in the lot. Yeah. <laughs> hey, before we go away from the from the Thurston gang stuff, can you still like if if a uh, gun against your head, could you still do some trick riding? Could you still do some trick roping, or would you have to do a little practicing before you did it again? Like if at a rodeo, no, something happened, you needed to. You could. Yeah, I can still do it. Hell yeah, I can still do it. I still, I can still. He's a world champion. Rope, of course, right, he can do it. With it. You know. And yeah, the trick riding deal, like I, I haven't done that in a long time, but I'm yeah, I, I'm sure I could still do it. Oh, that's wicked. <laughs> okay, then moving forward out of that, you talked about riding steers. Um, lots of people don't know that you rode steers really, really well. Could have made a career riding bulls, I'm sure, too. Uh was that something that you thought about? Was that part of that that evolution into the bronc riding world or or what made you go right to the bronc ride instead of sticking with the steer riding bull riding stuff? Well, I didn't, um, I wasn't going to go to the bronc riding. Well, I was just getting on broncs to kind of get on, I guess, kind of at that time. Like, so I went, I went through the whole steer riding, stepping stones and stuff and, um, and, um, had, had some success as a steer rider and then kind of progress, you know, there's that, that time in there where you're a junior bull rider and a novice bronc rider, you know, you're kind of at the in between maybe a few associations you can still get on steers in Canada, but I just kind of was, was mostly wanting to be a bull rider. Like I just, you know, I kind of looked up to all you guys and uh, just wanted to be, be a bull rider, go on tour, do whatever. And I got on a lot of bulls. I got on lots of bulls and um, uh, I don't know. I really enjoyed it kind of come naturally, I guess. I don't know if the bronc riding, there's so many elements, you know, you got to lift on your rein, you got to do this, you got to do that. And I would just, uh, you know, I get bucked off or, or ride, you know, if I got one road, it didn't look very good, but I also didn't really care. I, you know, I was just getting on to get on, kind of get on for all around points, whatever. And, uh, so I, it was like probably, I don't know, it's probably grade 11 or something. And, uh, I got on a bull at a high school rodeo and he just, he was kind of, a, he was a piece of shit, actually. He jumped out there and he hit, crashed into the wall and bucked around there. And the whistle went and I got off and I just landed on my feet. Well, then he, he bucked, he, you know, he kicked over and then he went to, I guess he just kind of swapped directions and his ass came over top of me and it just stepped on the back of my leg or just kind of behind my knee. Like, didn't, nothing bad, but it broke my femur. Oy. And so then I was obviously had to heal up for a while. And so when I was healing up, I just, I would ride my spur board and, you know, kick my Bronx saddle around, kind of putting a little more effort into it and, and, uh, stuff. So then when I came back and I was getting on Bronx and bulls, well, then the Bronx ride and started clicking pretty, you know, pretty good. And then I started making some pretty good Bronx rides and it, and it became a lot of fun. And also I'd get off and not have sore wrists and whatever. how old were you here at this time zeke how old would you well i I would have been 16 or 17 probably at that time yeah and so then right yeah right when i was going to college like i would have been graduating and going to college because i never i didn't even take my bull rope to college the coaches want me to do all this stuff and and uh i really started riding bronx like it was crazy like how fast it came like because i was really not very good before that and didn't really 
but I didn't really care. You know, I just kind of was getting on, having fun. You know, I'd ride more, more about riding bulls, but I was, you know, I'd still get on my Bronco, try to ride it, but I was, I was a bull rider, man. I had a big white hat, you know, <laughs> yeah. chain hanging down my neck. <laughs> <laughs> the cross chain. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you, oh, set yeah. Yeah. you set the trend for Jess Lockwood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, started, yeah. you, you, you did it first. You yeah. did it first, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, I remember you had the boys, bulls, no, and bucks just, just styling out point rides. Yeah. 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 yeah, the bulls, boys, and bucks. Yeah. 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 So now, uh, now in your career, um, as your agents here, Tanner and I wondering, have you thought about pulling the bow rope out and getting that all around race? It seems to be working. For I don't know. For I young really, Stetson, right? Yeah. I watch, I watch uh, the bull riding at some of these rodeos and I'm, I'm like, man, that looks like that, you know, that'd be a lot of fun. Like I, I could really get it with that. And then, then I'll go to some rodeo and watch somebody get wrecked out by a DNH calf. And I'm like, <laughs> no dice. No, I think so, you made the right decision. <laughs> Longevity wise, career wise. I do remember uh, the year Dan Mortensen won the all around title. He he entered strategically. I remember he, well, yeah, I, I think, think he actually I, rode his, his bulls. I think he got rode in Canada a few of them. He did. Innisfail, mm -hmm. Morris. Yeah. Um, he didn't enter Strathmore, I remember. And then uh, those Kessler rodeos up in the North Montana, I remember, because I was working for Kessler's back then. I never saw that guy get bucked off a bull. I think really? I saw him get on five or six that year. Yeah, he just he just freaking sat up and spurred him like he really yeah. did, and stepped off like a champ. And nice. he did run to the shoot though. He did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey Zeke, what about I, uh, the, the bronc riding game itself? Is that you talked about it? How like you weren't very good at it, and you see that Scott, Jason, we've all seen it. There's like these kids that come along and are absolutely fucking terrible. And then all of a sudden within like six months or a year, they're just nailing it and styling them out and then end up going on and having great careers. Is it something about that game where it takes a little bit to, to click in and then when it clicks, it starts to roll? I think it, I think it is like the Bronco and like it just, you know, like there's so much going on and there's so many variables and uh, like, it's, you know, it, it just, it's hard. Like when you're that, when you're that age, like, it's just, I don't know. Like when I'd get on a bull, like I could see the bull, I could see the bulls, you know, kind of his shoulders, his hump, his head, whatever. And, and I would just, you know, sit out over him and ride him. But in the bronc riding, it's like, when you're getting on, it's a fucking blur when you're yeah. first starting. You have no <laughs> idea. Like it's a, especially because they usually put you on a colt. So it's a blur for the colt. They've never been in this, you know, yeah, like, they have no sure. idea what's going on. You're getting on, like get on a head with me, spin one or get one, you know, like, even get to move your feet like it just it's just one of them things that takes a while but like you said like i don't know like colby Wanchuk, like that guy like i remember ricky take you to have me come help him on in the steer riding and and he would just like his eyes would be huge and i'm like this kid's like he's scared you know he's not gonna make it and and uh like really really didn't think he was gonna go much past being a steer rider and then he started getting no on how about and that story? Rode bronc he rode Bronx, you know, and then he got sticky fast. Like, he could stay on, but he did not ride very good. Like, piss poor spur outs and, like, just didn't lift on his rein. And, you know, he would spur away, but he never touched him with the spur. He never turned his spurs out. And, like, we're all kind of harping on him. And then you go, you know, minus, you know, you go back two years. And now, like, two years ago, Colby gets started, kind of started clicking, like, to where at a – he was he was riding good, but he started clicking at another level, and now the dude's like, man, that guy's world champion material. Yeah. It's yeah. insane. He rides yeah. so good. 
And there's there's just a lot of guys like that. Unless you're right, then you just start start out being really good from <laughs> like the first horses. I was thinking of this the other day. I mean, like you said earlier, I remember you when you were little and we traveled around together and you kids would be running around and now you know you go to a world championship, you Calgary. Did did ever did you ever just think, holy shit, this happened fast? Because to me, outside looking in, it's just like boom. You know, here's Zeke Thurston, world champion. Did it did it evolve quickly in your mind as well? Oh yeah, it was yeah, it was a whirlwind for like a couple of years there. Like, like basically, kind of how it all got started was I was down at the winter rodeos. Um, you know, I I had rodeoed on my permit the year before, with one, and then made the Montana Circuit Finals, and like went in leading that or whatever. And then the Montana Circuit Finals is in January. It's the last Circuit Finals to happen. So I went there and I won the Montana Circuit Finals, and then. And then I was on my card, but I had, that gave me like real good qualifications for that winter. So we went from there straight down to the winter rodeos and I got into everything. Like I got into San Antonio and, you know, a lot of them ones, Houston and stuff. Well, not I guess Houston wasn't approved then. San Antonio and, and Fort Worth and all the, you know, a lot of them that guys don't get into. And, um, and so I had a pretty good winter. Like I won, I don't know, I'd probably won seven or 8,000, 6,000 maybe at that time. <clears throat> And uh, didn't make the shore round. I got I was one out of making the shore round at San Antonio, and I was in Tucson the next day. So I, I bought it. Well, there's a snowstorm. We couldn't get over there. I was going to go with Chad Furley, and I don't know who else was with us. But the, the roads were closed. Interstates were closed, like I-10 going across West Texas. So mm-hmm. I got a flight, and I, I hopped a bird to Tucson. I got to Tucson, and I got on just this, just a nice little horse. So just jumped and kicked down the arena, and I was like, I think I ended up being like fourth or something in the long round, but I made the short round and I was tired. Like I had no sleep from the night before, like had to get on that plane at, you know, had to get up at three o'clock in the morning, didn't go to bed till, you know, one or whatever, had a nap. And, and, uh, so we got done riding in Tucson. I just want to go back and kind of sleep and rest and, and, uh, check the, somebody went and checked the draw before, uh, before we left the beer stand, we were sitting there having a beer and, uh, they came back and they said I had killer B <laughs> which at that time was had just been murdering people and i was like oh gosh so i went back to the hotel room didn't sleep a wink just laying there all night you know like 19 years old i'm like what's what the hell is killer b gonna do to me like i just seen her freaking molest like 10 world champions in the last five years like anyways i showed up <laughs> i was i was i was nervous and uh i showed up and i got on her and Benny, Benny or Benny Butler, the guy that owns her, he come up and he's like, I don't like, he obviously didn't think I was going to ride her. He was just licking his chops. Like he loves to buck people off. And, <laughs> and, uh, he come up and, and I don't even know if he knew that I was, you know, Skeeter Thurston's boy. Like, I don't think he'd put two and two together yet. And, uh, he just came up and he's like, Hey man, this horse is a big boy horse. Like, Hey, this horse bucks now, son, you can be ready. <laughs> I was like, yes, sir. Sounds good. Yeah. Kind of. I know that <laughs> at the NFR for the last four years. I'm aware, Bendy. Anyways, I get on her and she, she, she exploded coming out. She turned back, did all sorts of wild stuff. But, um, about the time the whistle is going to go, I realized I'm still riding her and riding her pretty good. And, uh, the whistle goes and I don't know, I was like 91, 90, 91 arena record. Like went like they bucked everybody off in the short round. They won the rodeo by like, 20 some points and 
Tucson's a big rodeo, you know, big winter rodeo. And, and, uh, so like, yeah, and everybody was like, wow, who's this guy? You know, like he rode mm-hmm. killer B like the horse hasn't mm-hmm. been ridden, you know, and just a kid or whatever. And, and so I obviously didn't have any money or enough money. So I, I caught a ride with Dusty Tuckness who was going to Houston. I need to go back to San Antonio to some friends place where I was staying. And, uh, so I just, instead of buying a flight or whatever, just jumped in with Dusty and we drove all night. He was going to fight bulls and, um, he, uh, he got a call after he had dropped me off, he got a call that they needed a, another bronc rider. And he's like, well, Hey, I got this kid with me that just went Houston. So they, they called, called me and asked me if I wanted, I said, yeah. So, uh, I went over there, but the rodeo had already started. The first perf was already over. So you get on three in your first one or your first, uh, you'd won this way. You'd won Tucson, you'd won Tucson. And then somebody called Dusty about it. They needed a guy for Houston. So this is how you got into Houston. They needed an extra, they had a Bronc rider turn out okay. and they needed, uh, needed an extra, needed somebody to fill that spot. Mm-hmm. But you get on three, that you get on three horses in your set and, uh, they'd already bucked the first horse. So when I showed up, um, I, I just, there was only two horses, you know, there's two rounds left. And I showed up and actually made it through uh, into the semifinals just on the first two or just on the two horses. And then I got on in the semifinals and I made it through and I just kept progressing. And and then, uh, yeah, next thing you know, I had lunatic from hell in the four round and, and I won Houston. That was all <laughs> happened within like that was all within like four. Like from the time I rode Killer B in Tucson to when I got on in Houston was not even 24 hours. And then it was probably, I don't know. A total of 10 days by the time i won houston and oh, then it just like got approximately how much how much money in those 10 days do you think you put in your jeans oh like i don't know probably seventy thousand or something you could afford you could afford flights after that yeah, yeah, yeah. I get around the country like a big dog <laughs> <laughs> did you make the nfr that year? yeah then uh so actually uh, pretty cool story like so we're standing there gonna get on our horses um in the four round and like it was just me and a bunch of other canadian guys you know entering like late and green and my brother wyatt and jake watson calmar like all the all of us just young kids you know kind of like there's a, a new wave of them now but there was just a bunch of us and we were down there winter rodeo and like we didn't know what we're doing we're just entering and going to rodeos you know having a blast and uh I was like kind of realizing, you know, I've got quite, you know, I'm winning quite a bit of money here. And I'm like, you know, I was, I was close to the top 15 wasn't in it, but I, I had enough money one that I was like, you know, that's a, that's a pretty good start to the year. I kind of need to, you know, you know, take this seriously. So Taos Muncie was in the four round in Houston. And, and I knew that Co- he had been going with Cody Tate and Tyrell Larson and Isaac Diaz, but I knew Cody was kind of slowing down and not really going to enter a lot. And, and, um, so I, I, I was, we we're standing there kind of jumping around, you know, trying to get our game faces on. And, and I was like, Hey, Taos, you know, I'm like, I don't know what you're doing, you know, what your situation is, but if you got an extra hole, you know, I'd, I'd love to go with you. And he's like, he's like, uh, he's just the happiest guy going. He's all bouncing around. He's like, yeah, hell yeah, man. Just, uh, you know, give me a card number. I'll enter you up. Let's, uh, let's rodeo. <laughs> like, sweet. Like I was nervous asking, you know, I just, you yeah. know, I'm like, I'm expecting him to say no, you know, he's like, he's like, no fucking, uh, you like rap music? I was like, yeah. He's like, all right, load up. So I gave him this. I gave him this card. I gave him my card number. Or no, we rode the four round and I beat him by a point to win Houston. I beat him, and then uh, I was like, then the next, 
you know, like three days later, he texts me and I'm like, geez, I wasn't expecting him to text me. You know, I just, I, you know, beat him for 50,000 or whatever. And he's like, Hey, what's your card number? You want to go to these California rodeos? You know, all kind of like Oakdale, Logandale, all them through the spring. And I was like, yeah, I just gave him a card number and uh, never looked back. Me and Taos just, we rodeo for four, four years there hard as you know, we went to Damn. everything and yeah. blast. And uh, yeah, I kind of, I really do kind of owe it all to Taos because I didn't know, you know, them first few years, I he just basically told me how many pairs of socks to pack, and I had no <laughs> idea where we're going or what. I didn't know what I was getting on. I was just going, and uh, yeah. it was, uh, yeah, it was awesome. So I, I did make the NFR that year. I went in, like, kind of, you know, I think I went in 12th, 11th, or 12th, 11th maybe. And um, but on a rookie card, you know, and that's that was a huge deal, you know, to make the NFR, you know, being that young and being a rookie. And um, it was a big year because me, Coburn, and Rusty, um, all three made it that year. And, uh, yeah, kind of kind of opened everybody else's eyes, I think. Well, there's some unreal talent in the saddle bronc riding. Yeah. Um, Zeke, and you can attest, like you, you talked about uh, the top 40 in the standings right now. I think, um, you know, we've been watching you guys lots uh, on the Cowboy Channel. And, and I think there's 30 guys could be world champions in saddle bronc riding if they drew the right way. And, and consistently had good horses it's pretty good to watch and and uh i don't think anybody can sit back and take a couple weeks off anymore uh you, like you said you need to you wouldn't want to be on that bubble here in this next month of, of rodeo and eh, Zeke? oh it's insane like it's it's crazy how many good bronc riders there are right now like like you said like anybody in the top 50 it will will kick your ass if they draw the right horse like they're not going to mess her like everybody rides so good now they're not going to mess that horse up like they're gonna they're gonna beat you and so that's why like it like you can kind of get you i don't know when i first started it seemed like you could kind of get a buy with drawing you know mediocre horses and getting an 82 or three and in place in here and there but now like if you're 82 or three you're not placing you know you're, you're not getting yeah. those things are coming like it's uh yeah it's it's just so many young guys coming up and and even out of Canada, like the majority of them are out of Canada, like yeah, sure like probably yeah. 12 guys out of Canada. Like it's our Canadian Bronc riders are so strong and there's, there's four or five more behind, you know, this first group coming up, like there's Quentin Taylor and, and these guys and uh, they're, they're, they're amazing to watch. And yeah, it's Canada's going to have a strong, strong Bronc riding force for a while. Yeah. So back to that $70,000 10 days you had, and we were touching on the thousand a week when you're 10 years old. Have you ever had a real job, Zeke? Like, and I mean, you probably did some part-time stuff, helping out a rancher or whatever, but have you ever went and punched a time card? No, no. I, yeah. Like you say, just day working, just helping, you know, the neighbors hire you to come help Craig check or whatever. Never a real job. I worked for Rod Warren. He had his, uh, he was reclaiming leases and stuff like that. That sucked ass. I'll never work for Rod. <laughs> that. Uh, You'll never, that you was, know what? That was, nice, I, I, that was about two days of it, and that was enough. So, yeah, I don't think, Zeke, if you play your cards right and stay healthy, I don't think you're going to have to ever work worry about working again <laughs> you do cowboy yeah, like you ride colts break colts and stuff outside when you're not riding bucking horses right you got a bunch of horses that you put time on and shit yeah yeah so like um we, we we got a lot of horses around and that we like to um usually start and get going um you know turn them into rope horses and stuff um i don't know i've just always kind of had a had a real interest in in it and horsemanship and 
and that side of things. And um, plus we need them because we got, you know, we got a lot of cattle around and, and lots, lots for them to do. So, you know, they kind of, they get used for that purpose too. But um, I don't know, like my wife, she really likes to rope and I really like to rope and we've just kind of, I don't know, kind of always been into that kind of stuff. So it, I enjoy it. And um, the horse market, it's not work. It's, it's, it's not work. Crazy. No, yeah, no. it's not work and, when uh, you're doing that. It's kind of, I don't know. I, I, I like it. It's, it's kind of satisfying. You get a, you know, a horse that you, you started, you know, and, and then you've, um, you know, he goes off to someone else's house and, and, you know, he's going to make them a, a really good horse, you know, and, and that's the kind of the, the sales and the people that we sell to and the crowd we go through is that horse is going to be there his whole life. You know, it's just probably his forever home and, and they're going to love him to death. So it's, uh, you know, it's kind of nice that way, but it's, it's fun. I really enjoy it. In in 2016, I interviewed you after your uh, 2016. Would that have been your second Calgary win, or your third, or which was? I won it. Yeah, I won it in uh, in 2005. That was yeah, that was a crazy part of that year. I won Houston and all that, and then I started rodeo with Taos, started making the finals, got an invite to Calgary because the Invitational then, and uh, got an invite. One Calgary, <clears throat> one Calgary in a ride off that year actually against Demos and um, Wade. Sundell um probably should have won it the first time shouldn't have got on too but had a ride off and then um yeah oh, was, in, was winning rookie of the year yeah it is <laughs> no, I was winning, winning rookie of the year doing that whole deal and um made the nfr made the cfr um went to the finals actually I broke my saddle that year at this cfr or before the cfr had a horrible cfr i don't even think i, I never even placed um then we went to the NFR, I had to borrow a saddle, didn't ride very good in it, um, was winning the rookie going in. And then actually that's one title that kind of, I wish I would have got cause it's a one chance deal, but Coburn, uh, Coburn beat, I was winning the rookie by like 30,000 and Coburn made the NFR. I think he was like 15th. He just barely, barely made the finals. And then I lost the rookie of the year by like 150,000 because I think he won every round that year. <laughs> Not bad. He, Not he kicked bad. ass that year. Oh, man. You brought it up that you broke your saddle. Is, is that saddle thing the same for every bronc rider, do you think? Like, I know Rusty's had some hell with it. Stetson's had a little hell, with, and it's always a saddle. Coburn, speaking of Coburn, mm-hmm. you know, we yeah. haven't seen Coburn around for two years been messing with a saddle spencer was messing with a saddle is that the same for every bronc rider do you think like how important is that piece of equipment yeah yeah it is like uh i don't know i've rode i've rode quite a few different kinds of saddles you know and it's just kind of a preference on on what you like um but the the saddle yeah it's there's a lot to it but i think i think what happens is you you start riding a saddle and, and it's not riding very good and then the, the longer you try to ride it the more things like you're you're trying you're basically looking at it as if it's not the saddle you know like it's, it's not something else and so you're, you're trying to fix everything else around the saddle and 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 then that kind of really just screws it up to the point where by the time you do figure it out that it's the saddle it's you know you you've got your riding so messed up and you're in your head so bad that then yeah, it's hard say. to come out of that you know because it's like it because there's like the bronc and like your stirrup length and your your bind and all that stuff so important and then and then but lifting on your reins probably the most important but you get to thinking about you know what's 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 fucked up on my saddle and what do i need to change or fix you know and 
it really just, it's kind of just a snowball effect, I think. And you mm-hmm. see guys get fighting it and, it and it can take them a bit to come out of it. And it sucks. I've been there and it's not fun, but riding a shitty saddle, like, you, you know, when your saddle sucks and, or I do. And, uh, I just, I don't even mess with it. I don't. Well, and and day one of a 10 day national finals rodeo isn't the best time to be starting to get in your head about. No, that's really a bummer. Like you, like Chase (laughs) Brook here, they have, you know, they go to roll horse and, uh, some, I don't know, whoever was on the slide doesn't get it shot and the horse, uh, horse backs up and kind of spooks, jumps and kicks in there and breaks the saddle into 500 pieces. Third round of the finals, like, man, that sucks. You know, like, you know, so you've, you've been riding that saddle for 500 days in a row and now you've now you got to get on into a different saddle it's so do you ever i mean i don't know obviously my bronc riding career went nowhere because i never got on one so there you go <laughs> yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah same as my bull riding career but anyway uh do you ever have one kind of at home that you play around with that just in case saddle um you know what i mean yeah that's i bet i got seven or eight saddles at the house yeah um i buy a new one every year um mm-hmm. i ride a doll a dave doll and they're kind of known for being being um you know kind of the cheaper made saddle not you know they break pretty easy they're they're built out of pine they're not fire they weren't fiberglass very good but dave's actually doing quite a bit better job now and um but yeah they would just break a lot easier they weren't built built as strong but man they felt good they feel really good right. um for me i don't like a big i don't know kind of my biggest thing is my spur outs. Like I gotta, gotta be able to have good, have good spur outs and, and get a, get your horses started that way. Um, other people's styles aren't really built off that, but that's just kind of, that's kind of how all of the Canadians, you know, ride like, um, you, you know, st- strong spur outs and, and stuff. So, um, I don't know, the dolls let me do, be able to do that. And, um, I'm kind of, kind of known for having, you know, good spur outs and stuff. So, I like to ride a doll. I've had other saddles that I feel like I could probably ride, um, you know, and set your feet higher, maybe, you know, have a little, be a little flashier in, but, um, can't, can't hold my feet very good. So I can't get a real good spur out. And I just, I don't know. I, I feel like there's more money won or lost on your spur out. So I just ride a doll and I usually have, uh, have one of them riding and a brand new one on backup. And then, and nowadays some guys re, re, rebuild them and refiberglass them. So you can, send it off and have it rebuilt like the saddle i won the world in 16 and i had it it got broke i sent it off and had it rebuilt and it's like brand new you know so so speaking of the spur out we've had this discussion on this pod once or twice so calgary did calgary keep the spur out rule the same this year yeah like there i don't think there was a spur out rule right so how where where, what do you think on that um I, should there, I, there, should there, there be a spur out rule everywhere or no spur out rule? What's your opinion? Just let the judges think, knock a mark or two off a guy if they don't spur him out. Yeah, obviously that's what it is. You're not riding your horse as good as you should. Yeah. So like, but like, so Calgary, there's what, 10 guys in our set, no spur out rule. Not one guy didn't spur, like not one guy missed their horse out mm-hmm. the whole week or like in our set, like nobody, nobody, you know, just left them holstered. Everybody spurred their horses out and, and made good rides. Um, I don't know. I think but you're probably the only guy that knows that Zeke, is my yeah. point. You'd yeah, be the probably. only guy that knew that. Um, from the, from a, from a, you know, a spectator standpoint, like, I don't know, Calgary is a tough one just because you get, 
you know, 70% of the people are from overseas or different places that don't even have rodeo. So they really don't know what they're looking for, but they also don't know what they're looking for on all the rules. Um, not just the spur out, but I don't know. I, I think there needs to be a spur out rule because without the spur out rule, I don't think Dawson would be 95 the other day. There's that's kind of, I don't know. My dad, my dad calls it kind of the chicken shit rule. Like you, you got wild cherry and you know, she's going to bail out of there and kick the top rail right there and get it on. The guy that come to win first is the guy that's going to reach up and square out like, like a boss. And, and the guy that has any doubt or is going to question himself they're, you know, they're not going to spur her out, but you're not going to be able to be 95. Like Dawson spurs her out for two and then hangs it all over. That's, it's pretty impressive. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. I like this. It's fucking sweet insights on saddle road cars that I had no fucking idea about. I was I thinking know, about yeah, it. Sorry, Scott. I was going to go to the replay, like the PBR. We've implemented it here in Canada especially at the NFR. And I know it'll never happen because we know how fast that rodeo runs down. Yeah, it's all off time. Yeah. yeah. But for that kind of money, and you said it, there's been a lot of stuff won and lost on a spur out, you know, and that's oh, a yeah. judge's call. Like, and it could be questionable. Do you, yeah. do you think there should be a, a replay button on a, on something like that with that kind of money and that much on the line? I do. I, I don't know. I maybe like get rid of the two two loop rule and the calf roping and and have your uh, two spur out loop rule and the calf roping. You know, because there's like every perf, there's at least one guy that two loops one in the in the in the calf roping, and you know that that takes 30, 40 seconds by the time you do that. So I don't know. Like I think you probably would have one one guy per perf, maybe not even. Um, that would hit your button but or yeah. you could just not have have a button and just have somebody up there um just reviewing them all yeah, just, yeah. Just for the sake judge. Of it. yeah you know just a replay um, judge to take yeah, yeah but you know just review every single one of them just you know because they you know you got the cameras and the technology to do it but i don't know that being said like if you have good sprouts and, and you're and you're kind of a guy that's known for having good sprouts um you know, when you show up to the finals and judges know, they know you got good spur outs. And, and, and if you do have something, you know, get smarter wild cherry and she bails out of there and, and you reach up and spur out and hold them for as long as you can, you know, and you got to let them roll, you know, they're going to give you, they're going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Like they kind of, they know, but like it cost me a lot last year. I had a horse there, um, Brutus, a Sammy Andrews, and it, it bucks everybody off and um, actually won around on him in 18 and um hard to ride and really bucks and he leaves like he stands terrible in there he he just balls up and squats and then he leaves like a house of fire and um i reached up and spurred him out and held him as long as i could and uh like i know he had touched down with both feet and hit the ground but like it happened it happened fast you know and i rode him made a really good ride probably probably could have won the round would have run won the round and uh they they threw a flag on me and but you go back and watch it in slow motion and and i i had him but in real life like you watch it in real life like it, it happens too fast you know and yeah no. them guys make mistakes like that you know it's you know it's their naked eye it's not a you know it's not a slow motion video so 
So uh, I, yeah. you're you're an awesome you're an awesome guy, and you're you're a polite young kid. But do you ever just know that you mark <laughs> spur, spurred one out, and you just want to go throat punch a judge because you're like, I goddamn know I yeah. marked that horse out. Oh yeah, in '19, I had uh, I had a horse at the finals, and I was winning the world. You know, I had a chance. You know, I was leading it, had a chance to win the world, and I have this little horse of bennies and it turns out of there and then it just pogo's across you know it's kind of doing some funny stuff and i'm spurring away and i get off and well the flank it fell off and and so I was, that's why she sucked and um i'm walking back looking for my re-ride and they're like oh he missed the horse out and there's a there's a video and and i spurred her out clear to the middle of the arena you know packed her out of there and i'm waiting for her to buck because she never did buck because she you know the flank fell off in the buck and shoot and uh yeah no scored me you know and there's there's nothing you can do about it whatever like you just kind of well, you, could. you could you could you could find the judge's vehicle and puncture tires <laughs> you could you could but i oh, i don't yeah. know there's obviously that means something because i i always kind of feel like i you know i hate to put it on the judges i would never want their job um are there's a lot of them uh, i think make dipshit calls yeah but <laughs> Um, there's also, you know, if you do your job right and you leave no doubt in their mind that you have spurred out, there, there's no reason for them to throw a flag. They can't throw a flag if you've got, mm-hmm. you know, so right. I don't know. Hey, let's go back. Let's go back to the calf rope and two loop. <laughs> we should do a pod. Zeke, do you think you could get a group of guys together that we could just bash that, that idea? I didn't even know that was a rule. I, I didn't know. even know that you was a rule. No, you know what I did too. I watched it enough. Other contestants and stuff, right? Like other guy, like rodeo guys. Yeah, Um, yeah. They, they, most guys don't. um, The calf ropers are kind of considered like the prima donnas of uh, rodeo. You know. Oh, Um, now we're getting. Let's go, baby. Now we're getting. (laughs) I, I I just feel like you could probably get enough guys. I love, I love calf rope, and I rope Kev lots, and actually. You have to. You should ask Haven Medjid about the time I beat him in a jackpot. There we go. That guy's world, <laughs> world champion, so I must be pretty good. <laughs> Goddamn, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, what about the Calgary Stampede winning that sucker three times? Obviously, right hometown, young guy, three fucking Calgary Stampede titles, a lot of money. But I want to know about the uh, the bill at the keg. What's your biggest bill afterwards? The biggest. Uh, the biggest hit you had to take i don't know that the guys at the keg they take care of us pretty good and uh and i'm like really good friends with all of them now obviously because of it but <laughs> i think we had one i think we had one that was like 1700 a piece and that was three events like that's brunk rad and bull and bareback rad and paying for it i think oh, that was the year me bad. and clint play both won it and uh yeah there's a lot of people up there i lost more to god the goddamn uh what's it called bull riding mechanical bull riding on you than that then so i think yeah. I, <laughs> we had a we had a foundation type possible foundation fundraiser at the ranchman's after calgary one i remember that and it was, richie got a, it was you and richie yeah. and fucking sage yeah you and richie and sage and we yeah. were and all the proceeds went to the to the type Osborne foundation me and tommy clark we were like oh zeke's an old bull rider he'll whoop their ass so we bought him for like Two grand. I tried to, to bareback ride the mechanical bull and got freaking back towards. <laughs> so Sage wanted, obviously, but yeah. Yeah. Good time. But Calgary, that had to have been uh, a huge 
time for you. I don't know if the first one was more important or the third one, uh, but it had to be huge for your career and something that you'll always cherish and look back on, right? Yeah, really yeah. good for that ATB bank account. Yeah, really yeah. Good for yeah, the balance is. and that checking account. It has been awesome for that, but I don't know. It's <laughs> it's just like the same thing. Like my family has huge ties to that rodeo, you know, kind of, mm. you know, always been a part of it, doing something with them and then um you know to to compete there you know you're just you're you're ecstatic but uh, to win it three times yeah that was crazy i don't they're all kind of they're all different like the first one i i rode um i rode spring planning and uh i don't there was like three 90s or 91s whatever they were and that's when we had to have a ride off and then which kind of took away from it because my ride on spring planning was was pretty damn good ride and um everybody kind of you know i thought i should have won it off of that ride but we have to ride off well then they got two kind of pieces of shit in this ride off and then one really nice one and i get on the nice one and and ended up winning it and then the the second time was uh it was storming so bad like it was it was raining um straight across yeah like it was like there was just water shooting out of the buck and shoots down into the locker room like it was, yeah, it was raining hard and, and, uh, cold and they, uh, they run the four round horses in and I had spring planning again mm-hmm. in the four round. And I just got on her in my set earlier in the week. And she kind of was just nice. Like didn't have a super ranked day at all, but, um, uh, so I had her in the four round and I'm like, man, I don't know if she's going to be enough, you know? And, uh, I get on her and she, she turns out of there and there's like, it's just a lake, you know, like there's water everywhere. And she turns out there and she always just jumped like really bucks is really droppy and circles around to the right, like goes out there a few and then comes back to the buck and shoots every time. And she bucks out of there and then she fucking goes left. Never gone left <laughs> in her day in her life. She's 17 years old. And I mean, getting it on bucking. And it was all I could do to, to get a road. And she threw me off at the whistle and like I splashed in the mud, there's mud everywhere. And the crowd is so loud, like it, you couldn't hear if I got the got a score or not. The crowd, it was insane how loud they were. Yeah. And uh, that one, that one was pretty cool. I don't know if if, if you'll do that one, it, like make I don't yeah. know, just kind of the elements and the way it went happened, and you know, it was it was good. And then kind of the third year, I had uh, I had get smart, same thing. I was like, man, I don't know if he's gonna be enough in this pen. And uh, yeah, he bucked bucked really hard and um, won the third time. So it was. It was cool. And I had a chance the last two times too. Um, the next year I had a chance to win it for, for the fourth one and I had get smart and he didn't have a very good day. Um, kind of covered some ground. And then I, I had a 2019, I guess I made the four round in, um, same thing. I had shadow warrior and he wasn't just, just wasn't enough, but it's uh yeah, it's a badass rodeo. It's uh it really is the greatest outdoor show on earth. It's, yeah. Um, it's, it's cool. I love, I'm always looking forward to Calgary cause you're rodeoing really hard. You're coming off the 4th of July. You've been, you know, you've been busting it and, uh, you get to come home, see your family mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, take five for a week and just stay in one spot. It's, it's nice. How's traveling now with, uh, two babies. Congrats, by the way, newest one uh, right. the ground not too long ago. So how's, uh, how's that now as a rodeo cowboy that's on the road 24, seven, what probably 200 days a year what's it like to uh to have that family dynamic now does that change anything for you or is you got to go and make yeah. that money for them it, 
it makes it harder to leave for sure. And uh, now like Lucy, she's old enough. She, you know, she's three or turns three today actually. And she understands, you know, what's going on and, and things. And she wants to go real bad. So she's always, you know, she cries when you leave and stuff. So that makes it a little tougher, but uh, um, as far as running, it's really not too bad. Uh, except for the whole coronavirus thing, like the last couple of years has made it the shits because we've had no Canadian rodeos. And I kind of took them for granted, didn't really realize I did. But, uh, you know, it's it's pretty easy to go home and spend pretty well all of April, May and June at home in mm-hmm. Canadian rodeo and not have to be gone. And then when you don't get that, you know, the last couple of years, it, that made it a little tougher. But when things go back, it'll be it'll be good. And um, we've been sneaking back and forth for some Canadian rodeos and getting to see them and, and stuff. So it's uh, yeah, it's been good. I want to touch on that a little bit, the fin- the family dy- dynamic. And I mean, right from your dad, your mom, I just seen your mom here uh, last week at the Canadian high school finals. And yeah, they've yeah. all they've they've always right from the Thurston gang to steer riding. I know they've always been a big part of, of, uh, of your success. I'm not wrong on that, obviously. Um, and, yeah. and, and while you're on the road now, um, the fi- family taking care of everything while you're gone, it's, it's gotta be, it, yeah. it obviously helps you rodeo smarter and better. Yes. You have to have a, a, a big support system behind you. And, um, you know, even with rodeo or, or if it's, you know, with, your with your kids they say it takes a village to raise a kid and um you know it kind of does and we have a good situation you know my in-laws are right close to us my parents are right close to us so um we got lots of people to help us out and and um you know just i don't know i kind of feel the way we were raised you know being being ranch kids and stuff and and then um you know it's uh that's a pretty good way to grow up and and then as far as just having life you know support and bronc riding advice you know my dad's always you know he's he's right there for me and um pretty lucky that way most most kids don't have a you know an nfr quality coach sitting on the same couch as them every day Mm -hmm. i've I've always seen your dad smiling and having a good time has he ever had to crack the whip on you and be like get your shit together (laughs) oh as far as my bronc riding or just life in general life in general probably school i was gonna be a calf roper which i love roping calves and uh i think my dad was up at grand prairie with the board he was working the rodeo with the board and wyatt or somebody me and wyatt or something went and got these coriani cows and um they had babies on them and then come with a longhorn bull and they were going to be my calf roping calves. we were just going to raise you know calves or rope calves out of every year and uh so we had to we, had to, we actually had to get these cows and drop them off in in some pens there by the house and they were actually kind of hooky and i just crawled in the trailer with them and there's these six granny cows in there trying to snuff me and we got them sorted off like i just sorted them in the trailer so we got the cows and calves out of the trailer and then um left the bull on the trailer and then we just they're trying to hook us so we just slammed the door and shut the gate and took off well we we're just taking this little bull down to go with the rest of our bulls with the um, kick them out and we're driving along and Sam calls me he's like hey that trailer door's bouncing open <laughs> I was like we hadn't barely got out of the yard and like obviously but we're in high school so we're going as fast as we can in a short distance like we're just <laughs> cruising with the pickup and trailer 
and uh didn't know more and he says hey that door's bouncing open i was like hey why it's stopping um he goes to stop and we look in the mirrors and this bull is just flipping down the road <laughs> just bouncing just <laughs> boom, boom, boom. i bet that thing probably did 15 flips and I was like, oh, gosh. And I had to call my dad. And I don't know why it was all on me, because Wyatt was driving and Sam was in the door. But anyway, I had a good thing he was in Grand Prairie, because he was a mad son of a bitch when he got home. So I gave him a few days to cool off. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's, yeah. Oh, man, Zeke, we've held you for a long time, and I'm sure you got to get uh, on the road to the next one. There's no stopping for rodeo cowboys like yourself. I know that. So... Uh, good luck the rest of the weekend, rest of the season. And before we do, we'll have to get you back. We didn't even get into the world titles and, and you know, all that other stuff that you've, you've yeah, been a part of. So we'll do it again one day. Uh, Scott has our infamous question, though. Zeke, class act, buddy. Um, champion, got to watch you grow up. And uh, it's just a pleasure watching you all over the all over the North America and doing what you do. But this is the NFP podcast, and uh, obviously, you know our take on it. Um, just want to know what what NFP means to you, man. To me, um, I think it means just like kind of, you know, you're just digging down deep and finding finding that little extra when when you need it. You know, kind of kind of the graveling the gut and the spit in your eye kind of thing. Like when uh, when the going gets tough, the tough's got to get going. You know, and um, you kind of you live with your choices and and you man up and and uh, take it as it comes. I guess. Yeah. Oh, nice. I like that. <laughs> well, I just wondered if he'd been driving down the road rehearsing that, waiting for his opportunity to get on the pod. Sounds yeah, like I like that. that no, feel... I wasn't actually sure what I was going to say to that question. That actually <laughs> makes me feel a little warm and fuzzy inside. Don't be a now, pussy. I know, now I know you. Don't be a pussy. <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be like your version of hashtag NFP would be like, you can't carry two loops on your saddle. In your saddle. <laughs> yeah. in the box at the NFR. And you got to mark your horse out. Play the spur outs, no two loops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Hey, did you ever get on at the, at the wild ride at Red Bluff? Have you ever done that? I never have. I've, I've always wanted to, but I've always been top 15, top 10, five, whatever at that time. And I'm like, every year somebody breaks their leg or something in it. I'm like, I want to do it so bad but I'm like geez and they put in a hunk, bunch of hunks of garbage you know they suck and don't do it just no. I did it I did I don't know if I can ever top my, my my wild ride my best wild ride I don't know if I could ever top it again anyway but we were in college and they have wild ride at Casper's college riding it's a huge deal all the teams get in it and so anyway so we're like we're gonna put a team in it and i was gonna ride the bronx and we're like well what do we do well there's this kid on our rodeo team named sutton i mean sutton we're good buddies sutton rode bronx and he's like i was like well let's you know it's we rode it in the wyoming region and it's the whole custard custer's last stands of you know that like it's big around there you know wyoming stuff and so i was like well let's just do custer you know custer's last stand and sutton yeah let's do it that would be cool man so we go to the walmart and get a button-down navy you know army coat and a, the blonde wig and the sword and the rifle and so uh Sutton he I don't know where he found this stuff but he comes out with knee-high um moccasins like lace-up buckskin moccasins on an actual butt flap he's got like the feathers coming down the hair and he's got a paint horse a black and white paint horse with the war bridle on it and it's all painted up and so 
I get on my bronc and I'm just going to ride the bronc and then he's going to come out and then we're going to have a fight or whatever. Well, <laughs> so I get on my bronc and it, and it bucks out across there. Well, then after the ride's done or whatever, the pickup man's like, get off, get off. Well, I had a sword in one hand and my bronc <laughs> rein in the other or rifle. I don't remember, but I had a gun or a sword in one hand. So I didn't know how to get off with the gun. So I actually threw the gun down. Well, so in the meantime, the pickup man's horse trips and stumbles and it does an endo. Well, it knocks out the pickup man and the horse. Well, so then I'm stuck on my bucking horse, just riding around the arena. Old Custer's blonde hair is just flopping and I'm going, looking for the pickup man with other pickup men. This little horse that I was on was just like really fast, actually. And the other pickup man couldn't get me off. Well, finally, she just ran out of gas and, and he got me off. And then they're over there like paramedics tending to this uh to the pickup man and the horse by this time he's up and the horse is up and they're like checking on him and kind of like real quiet everyone's like what the heck and the, someone's like finish the act finish the act so here comes Sutton Kai eyeing in with his butt flopping and we do the whole thing and, oh yeah one the wild ride it's a big deal you get a big you know big bragging rights and a trophy and so yeah but that was that was my that was my best wild ride Oh, that's oh, baby. Yeah, that might be a tough one to beat. Oh, yeah, you won't beat that. You can do that. Yeah, no, won't beat that. Well, Zeke, uh, great stories, great guest. That was tons of fun. Hope you enjoyed it. Like I said, we'll get you back and go through all those worlds. Oh, no. and probably another one, hopefully at the end of the year, and some more Canadian titles and really Hall of Fame career already. And at such a young age, we'll see where you can go and and uh, from here. You know, I don't really know much more you can do other than just keep winning those world titles. It's badass. And, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that'll yeah. be fine by us. Yeah, super yeah. proud as a Canadian to, to be awesome. represented by you. So uh, we appreciate yeah, you appreciate coming on the NFP podcast presented by 3D Entertainment. This has been our interview with Zeke Thurston. Awesome. Thank you. Till your left hand's free and your right